0: Ruben Östlund, the newly crowned winner of the Khan Palme d'Or for his latest film, The Square, on breaking social contracts, the Swedish mentality and pissing people off. This is Pop Culture Confidential.
1: I had enjoyed provoking... Uh, this uh, culture scene in Sweden that think competing is uh, bad and you should just create art from your heart and <laughs> you are an artist that is in connection with God and that's why you think these all brilliant thoughts but it's fun to provoke that because uh, they, they, they are so silly
0: Hi, I'm Christina Jörlingbyrö Welcome to the show So it seems fitting that our interview takes place in a golden room across from the Royal Palace at the Grand Hotel in central Stockholm. Writer-director Ruben Östlund's latest film takes aim at a world seemingly very comfortable in these type of hallways. His movie The Square centers around Christian, played by Klaus Bang, a stylish and confident director of a contemporary art museum in Stockholm. He has a new installation with an inscription around it reading The square is a sanctuary of trust and caring. Within it, we shall all share equal rights and obligations. We follow Christian through a robbery and a fallout from a controversial viral video to promote this exhibit. The film also stars Elizabeth Moss and Dominic West, and many of the people from the art and media world are real professionals playing versions of themselves in the movie. Ruben Öslüm takes firm aim and in many ways exposes the insular world of the art and media elite. Like in the most widely talked about and analyzed scene of the movie, the ape scene. In a fantastic performance by motion capture actor Terry Notary, who's known for his work on Planet of the Apes for example, he's a performance artist playing an ape let loose at a high society stuffy art dinner. The ape leaves the patrons embarrassed and shocked laying bare the gulf between repression and human urges. The scene results in what Össlund seems to like the most, several minutes of awkward, uncomfortable viewing.
1: Welcome to the jungle. Soon you will be confronted by a wild animal. As you all know, the hunting instinct is triggered by weakness. If you show fear, the animal will sense it. If you try to escape, the animal will hunt you down. But if you remain perfectly still without moving a muscle, the animal might not notice you. And you can hide in the herd, safe in the knowledge that someone else will be the prey.
0: One of the things I personally think is most interesting about Ruben Östlund's films is the reactions to them. Although many of the themes are universal, the reactions are so different. Take for example his previous film, the ski resort comedy-drama Force Majeure, which won him the Jury Prize in Cannes a couple years ago. It's about a Swedish father who runs away from a life-or-death situation instead of protecting his wife and children. They survive, but his ego takes a beating. My own personal mixed background between the US and Sweden and Spain, I started hearing from friends incredibly different reactions to Force Majeure and many of Öslund's scenarios. Some thought it was broad comedy, while others weren't laughing at all. And even though his themes are very universal, I find that Ruben Öslund's depiction of Sweden in particular is very different and thought-provoking. He comes at his themes of social constructions from a Swedish perspective and exposing the Swedish mentality in all its beauty, strangeness, and in ways that may be new to foreign audiences. And for one thing, Ruben Östlund seems to ooze of self-confidence, like often telling the media he's sure to win and can, for example. Not a particularly Swedish trait. Ruben Östlund grew up on the island of Stusche outside of Gothenburg. His parents, who divorced early, were both teachers, his mother is very political, and he was an avid skier, which may account for his competitive streak. And it was his skiing films that would eventually earn him a spot in film school. His films have often been about the dynamics of human behavior, shame, he's interested in psychology, like scenarios where there may be two different choices for his protagonist, but neither is good. He studied the psychology of gang tactics in his movie Play, which created a huge debate in Sweden over whether it was a racist depiction. In Force Majeure, he tackles the role of manliness. And in all his films, above all, the breakdown of social contracts and awkward situations. The king of Scandinavian cringe, as a good friend in the US likes to call him. I once read a study on Jerry Seinfeld and Larry David about how different the international reactions are to their comedy about awkward social situations. And it doesn't surprise me at all that actress-producer Julia Louis-Dreyfus, Seinfeld's Elaine and star of Veep, has bought the U.S. rights to his previous film Force Majeure. So I started our interview that took place in Stockholm by asking him if he's at all influenced by the Seinfeld David type of American comedy.
1: I mean, I, I definitely can relate to stand-up comedy because I think that stand-up comedy like Larry David and, and, and Jerry Seinfeld, um, etc., uh, have a very situation-based comedy style, you know, you, you're you doing a setup for a situation where we relate to uh, a di- dilemma, mm-hmm. you know, that we have two or more choices, but none of them are easy. And I think that a lot of the comedy in, in these shows that we have been talking about uh, have that that kind of setup. Mm-hmm. So I agree on that. And of course, I mean, I'm brought up with Seinfeld. Uh, and. Uh, uh, so, of course, I have been influenced in some way.
0: Mm-hmm. Researching you, um, one of the situations you often and strangely enough seem to be in is you've been robbed many times. Yes. <laughs> you have witnessed robberies and you talk a lot about robberies yes. in your movies. Why, first of all, I hope you weren't traumatized all too badly, but <laughs> now, why has this situation been interesting for you later in your film?
1: I mean, when I did an incident by a bank, that is like a reconstruction of a failed robbery attempt that me and Eric Hemmendorf, that is the producer I'm working with, we were eyewitness to that uh, here in Stockholm, like 2008, I think it was. And I was fascinated that even though I've never experienced a a robbery attempt before, Mm -hmm. I had in mind exactly what I thought it would look like. And it didn't fit at all when it happened on the other side of the street, mm-hmm. you know, you could tell when that... When you the...
0: actually saw Rob. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> then
1: it was like really the movie references that I have seen, the movies that I have, like um, action drama movies that I have seen, of robberies. I... These ones were in like my memory, and when I saw it happen on the other side of the street in a completely different way, reality became surreal. Mm-hmm. So I got interested in which way like, um, the movies are affecting how we behave and how we look at rea- on reality, mm-hmm. because I don't think that we discussed that that much. Mm-hmm. Especially when it comes to popular culture that, uh, and there are so many interesting examples of how movies have changed our behavior mm-hmm. in a very absurd way.
0: Well um, I, I remember one, I, I, I can't remember where when it was, but a couple of years ago, or, or several years ago, it, um, I think it was someone in Swedish law enforcement, mm-hmm. who was saying that, that when they were picking up kids to the drunk tank at the cell, which is nothing. I mean yeah. the kids would occasionally go, I want my like, phone call.
1: Yeah, exactly. And he was like,
0: you could have twenty phone calls. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I want to call my lawyer. Yeah.
1: No, but that's that's a good example of like how how things that we have experienced through Anglo-Saxon uh, uh, movies uh, and the dramaturgy of Anglo Saxon really have changed our way of uh, our perception of reality. And also there's like a, an example that is like a bit of an anecdote and I don't know how true it is but it, I think it says something about us and it is that, you know, half a year after Pulp Fiction, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if it was Pulp Fiction or some other Tarantino movie, were released around the world. The young gangsters in Neapel, you know, Mm -hmm, in Italy, mm -hmm. they started to shoot with a gun on the side like this Mm -hmm. instead of like the the vertical grip. So the gangster (laughs) style grip, you know, and it's really, really hard to hit when you shoot like that. On the side. So, uh, and the consequences of this was like a a tragic comical, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, because the shootout became so bloody uh, and um, and the police had mess cleaning up afterwards. Mm -hmm. So even though it's a like completely irrational to shoot with a gun with a side mm-hmm. of that, we, start, we imitate. Yeah. So we, we are an imitating creature.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, so, um, but um, when
0: you were robbed for mm-hmm. real um, mm-hmm. or you said, how did you react?
1: Uh, you know, the robbery that is in the film, mm-hmm. uh, in the happened. square, mm-hmm. That, that uh, they never robbed me mm-hmm. and that, that. That was only a woman asking for help. Mm-hmm. But I think that we are very scared of, if you know, you see someone on the street, for example, when we are confronted with beggars, mm-hmm. uh, we are scared of being ripped off. Mm-hmm. Is this person asking me for help? By a true reason, or are they acting?
0: Mm-hmm. More so it, than fear of someone coming out. We are no, but I
1: mean, I mean, like, when, when that woman asks for help, mm-hmm. and then afterward you are helping someone, and instead you get robbed. The humiliation is so much bigger, of mm-hmm. course, uh, if you thought, like, I, I actually helped you. Mm-hmm. Um... But uh, the, the only time that i have been robbed for real mm-hmm. was now in Cannes when, yeah, after the premiere and, uh, and then we were asleep, mm-hmm. <laughs> we, did, we so didn't, didn't notice it. So. <laughs> but you were yeah. humiliated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um.
0: When you talk to people, I mean, one of the things about your movies is of course they're very universal in, in these type of themes, but they also show certain bits of Sweden that are very interesting. When you talk to critics and, and people outside of Sweden, what are they surprised about that you're depicting about Scandinavian society? I think the
1: prejudice about Sweden are, uh, like super big. They always think it, of it like a utopian society where everything is good and are surprised when the film is not about uh, how do you say, psychological uh, drama on an on a individual level that my films are trying to zoom out and look on society in general. Mm-hmm. And then oh, but we thought that Scandinavia and Sweden was fantastic. <laughs> and, and I mean, I still think Sweden is fantastic, but... Yeah, it's funny that they don't think that there, there will be any problems here at all.
0: Okay, so that they're still surprised about that. That, that stereotype I, I, yeah. is still there, and the Bergman psychological like drama. Sure, I would
1: say that, and I guess that's also why these like no-go zones that mm-hmm. they have been starting to talk about in Sweden is like getting such an attention uh, abroad. I guess that okay. like even in Sweden they are using it in a way too. Right. Yeah. Exaggerate. I think it's really, really an exaggeration, of course.
0: But because there's a line in in um, the square where the two Danes, the two Danish characters, are talking to each other, and one Dane says to the other, um, "Don't be so PC. The Swedes Mm. aren't even here." Yeah, Um, which got a huge laugh here. But could you, do you think you could explain the Swedish political correctness?
1: Yeah, I think that I, I I have a very how do you say positive Um, viewpoint on the political correctness. I don't have any problems with it. I think that we still are free enough to say whatever we want. There's no censorship or anything like that. And the political correctness is an aim for trying to create an equal society, that that everybody should have the equal possibilities. And so that we are how do you say obsessed with that in Sweden is only a good thing. I'm happy about that that discussion is going on in Sweden. Um, but I think that, like, I mean, the Swedes, you know, there's a Kent song there where one line is that we are a tiger that is ashamed. Mm-hmm. And you remember during the Second World War there was like an advertisement campaign that was a Swedish tiger mm-hmm. and a tiger means tiger and that means keep your my- mouth shut. Mm-hmm. And this campaign, I always thought it was that we shouldn't tell any military secrets right. to others, but it actually was we shouldn't say anything political about the war, so mm-hmm. we can uh, maintain being neutral. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I think this, that really is something that we are still having guilt feelings mm-hmm. about, you know, that we, we actually didn't take took a standpoint in that, and that we are... Um, so, so, Sweden is a little bit ashamed uh, mm-hmm. of uh, of when we are not doing the right thing uh, more than other countries I would say mm-hmm. actually that
0: because of our history
1: because of our history mm-hmm. and also also because of i mean in the in the beginning of the nineteen hundreds when when we started to educate the working class um, and they suddenly could claim their rights, mm-hmm. uh, we have been aware of like um, Injustices and, and things like that. And that's really a part of our identity, a national identity, I think.
0: Have, have you, you yourself went through a few rounds of, of this, so to speak, with your movie Play, right? Mm-hmm. Um, was that an interesting debate for you or did you find it difficult? Uh,
1: I Since I was kind of new to be debated in that way and it was always a little bit scary because you don't know where a debate like that is going suddenly you're not in control over it at mm-hmm. all and people are that have not even watched the film are starting to talk about the film mm-hmm. uh, I felt myself that I, I like I feel I have a couple of friends that I'm like, feeling secure and safe together with, and um, I myself well, I mean I knew the film would provoke people, mm-hmm. and the decisions that I have made in that film, I, I'm, I'm still standing behind those decisions. Mm-hmm. So in, in retrospect, I, the, the, the debate is not uh, tough or anything for mm-hmm. me, but when we were in, in the eye of the storm, so to speak, then of course it was tough.
0: So this movie, The Square, you take aim at sort of the Swedish cultural art elite, and, mm-hmm. and also PR and media and, and, and um, sort of hipster mm-hmm. Stockholm in a way. Um, you have yourself sort of reached the nirvana of the cultural elite that mm-hmm. winning the Palme d'Or, <laughs> I could say. Um, could you say what is Ruben Östlund's position in Swedish cultural society now?
1: Yeah, but uh... what would you say? <laughs> I would say what I'm aiming for is you know to be able to lecture the prime minister when he does something that I don't uh, <laughs> agree. <laughs>
0: so <ending>. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: but uh, you know that back in the days when like Eva Lou Johansson and Per Albin Johansson and like then, then the author had a position that was really really high in society and now the one that could do that was pro- is probably Slatten. He probably oh, yeah? can say like, uh, uh, yeah, he has that kind of position, and I think we, the, the one that is working with culture again, of course, should strive for a position where we actually can participate in the uh, in the, the debate about society and politics and, the, and things like that.
0: But in the cultural environment at all in Sweden? Who
1: is and above be, me? Yeah, and I mean, who have, is,
0: have you moved from being like, and now everyone is, you know, are there different steps you've
1: taken? Yes, them? of course it is. I mean, of course, uh, uh, Golden Palm is in some ways creating an institution. So... Um, but when I started, you know, you got the energy out of I'm going to show those mm-hmm. bastards. I'm going to make it the film that is so good, you know. Mm-hmm. And then you could get energy out of uh, aiming upwards, mm-hmm. you know. And now it's only fear that someone underneath <laughs> will climb <clean> up.
0: <laughs> but but it's interesting because are you comfortable now when you sort of? You're in, in this. We're in sure. Grand Hotel here. We're in. You won these awards. Are you comfortable
1: here? In I don't have any problem with it. And I mean, I know that some people are feeling, you know, that they, they, they will be, how do you say, undisguised. Mm-hmm. That they, they will be like someone... The mask with, so, off. Yeah, the rat, mask what? would be ripped off, and underneath it. just a little boy that is insecure and um, is doubting uh, himself and in the work. But I am not really like that. I, I, I feel quite happy for my films, and I like my films, and I have a confidence when it comes to myself. So, uh, but I was feeling quite much, I mean, of course you feel pressure when we were trying to do a film after uh, Force Majeure or Tourist. Um, but it feels so good to pull off a, a topic and a, a thematic as The Square, uh, because it is it is a hard film to do, I feel, much harder than, than Force Majeure. <laughs> and that gave me confidence also.
0: Mm -hmm. But you are sort of giving a... I mean, you're doing a... Parody is the wrong word, but it's not the most flattering picture of the cultural or hipster society. I mean, and, and one of the things that I think is really interesting these past few weeks that's happened that a lot of the people in the square the a foreign audience might not know, but they're real people. I mean I've worked with them. Mm. Too. I mean, these are people that are working with the production companies, there's yeah. art critics and all of that. And, yeah. and now the past few weeks, these people are parroting themselves in unflattering situations. And now they're doing lectures and writing about parroting themselves. In uh, exactly. And I was thinking Ruben must love this. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> sure. Uh, I mean one of the reasons that we were costing so many people that it comes from the art industry or is working with art in some way is, you know, that they are so vain, Mm -hmm. you know, all little attributes, all small details have like very carefully picked and um, uh, the way of expressing themselves have been uh, like, that's like a character that they have been working for uh, for a lifetime on Mm -hmm. this character, how to (laughs) behave in this environment. So it's very hard to let an actor like, imitate that language, but they have this body language and they have this style already from the beginning. So that, that was one reason that he...
0: Is anyone pissed off? Uh,
1: I don't know, they should be. Uh, I mean, at least you, Julian Schnabel, I don't know if you know yeah. that painter, uh, that Dominic West is playing yes. him. We have just completely copied his style of clothes and uh, yeah, his arrogant style. Mm-hmm. So I hope he will be a little bit pissed off. <laughs> Uh, Oh, you hope so? Yes,
0: of course. What is it that you want to show with someone like uh, Julian Schnabelsk? I mean, is it the sort of irony of what they're doing? No,
1: you know, I think that there's like the Emperor's Emperor's Clothes is a very good uh, story. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think that there's so many people that are like in an uplifted position that have mastered how to play the role. Mm So, but if you scratch the surface, it's like nothing underneath mm-hmm. and uh, uh, I think that we have to like trying to detect who those people are and like, do they really have something interesting to say or are they just playing the role in a, in a mm-hmm. good way and like uh, um, trying to, you know, keep their position. So, so, and everything that is like that, I have always been interested in, you know, like role-playing Things that need to be you know, questioned in some ways. Mm-hmm. For example, the book ro- "Being a Man" and mm-hmm. the role of being a man, yeah, yeah. and what 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 are we doing when we are playing the role of being a man or a woman? Mm-hmm. And um, um, yeah, and why why are we so afraid of exposing certain sides of ourselves? And why are we so like? Why are we so afraid of losing face so we actually go into the, those roles in this absurd way?
0: Yeah, that, I'm, gonna, I'm getting to that because I think it's interesting, but Schnabel, you better be aware of this mm. <laughs> mm. yeah. um, uh I have a follow-up as a, to your Sommar program. Mm. and You told a story there about um, falling asleep in your mother's lap. Mm. At a party. You, you can tell it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was talking a little bit about shame and feeling shame and uh, that it's something that i have like how do you say uh, i fear it but at the same time i feel amused by that feeling it's something that is like have affected me very strongly and one of my earliest memories is very connected to to the feeling of shame and it was like i i was together with my mother at my neighbor's place on Stisse uh, an island uh, outside Gothenburg where i uh, grew up And we have been on a dinner um, uh, and it's it's quite late. You know, they Mm -hmm. have been drinking some wine and things like that around that table. And I'm almost falling asleep in my mother's lap. Mm -hmm. And they are talking like blah, 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 blah blah, around that table. And suddenly I hear my mother say, hey, Johan, why don't you look at me when you're talking? You know, the feeling that you are... you are are showing that you are uh, your vulnerability and uh, And and saying it out loud loud that I feel excluded. Mm -hmm. Um, That was something about the social contract that was completely broken then Mm. and uh, the silence that came after that situation was like really really strong.
0: So you so, remember that?
1: To yeah, day. it was so strong, so I like 25 years later I, I made a scene uh, out of that in uh, involuntary uh, <laughs> where it's a teacher that is like um, saying that to one of her colleagues when they have I'm like having a fika <laughs> or, and drinking coffee in there. But
0: one of my follow, but my follow-up question is that yeah. you told this story, but and then you said that the audiences have a very different reaction to this. The students yeah. reacted very strongly, and yeah. the, 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 um, what is that different reaction? Culture.
1: Uh, oh yeah, but then for me it was clearly that, uh, very clearly that uh, shame is culture. Uh, how say um, connected? So mm. we we are ashamed of. Quite many things that are the same all over the world, like nudity and things like that. But also there are differences what we are ashamed of. Because when I've screened, screened the involuntary in Italy, they don't really understand the, the atmosphere in that scene. Uh, they don't understand what the scene is like trying to highlight at all. But, but when you talk to people in Sweden, they think it's like the most awkward moment they have ever experienced in in a movie and that is really interesting I think with my movies because I always try to be as true as possible from my own feelings of of these different situations and trying to keep that because as soon as uh, the the movies go abroad then the the culture difference between Sweden and other countries is something that you can mirror yourself in Mm -hmm. so it's like something is a little strange you know like yeah and, and you can you can see your own behavior because of because of this mirror mm. and because of because of like trying to keep the core of the mentality or the swedish mentality
0: but have you analyzed the swedish mentality after all of these things? what what is it that can, makes it so embarrassing to talk about is that something like that
1: I, I don't know but it seems also that it'd be like the northern part of the earth, like mm-hmm. England, uh, Japan, uh, we have something in common when it comes to embarrassment and uh, common uh, when it comes to like uh, being ashamed of social, quite silly social situation, mm-hmm. awkwardness. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I, I don't have, the, I, I don't know actually. <laughs> Just, because
0: it's very interesting, you, you see that in very many aspects of Sweden. I mean, I know people who, who, who moved to Sweden, um, there's so many great things, but after a while they start saying there's something very weird about the social, yeah. sort of, especially like in a boost dogs day, where no know. neighbors are talking to each other. And it's not because Swedes are great, it's just like they, they think you want to be left alone.
1: Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> some... But that's the
0: polite thing to do. Yeah, yeah. Mm.
1: No, but that, that's interesting. And quite often you want to be left alone, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean in that way, it's a, and, and you want people to come at 6 yeah. o'clock for dinner when they say they're coming at 6 yeah, o'clock.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's a difference.
0: So those no, but I think
1: it's uh, to, to try to point out the sweet I think that Lars Treggor, that is a sociologist, mm-hmm. uh, he was doing a triangle mm-hmm. like this. And this is not about shame, but that this is about some... Some other part of the Swedish mentality that I think is really, really true. And he made a triangle, it formed a triangle. And on the top of the triangle, he he, he wrote state. Mm -hmm. On the left side, he wrote individual. And on the right side, on the base, he wrote family. Mm -hmm. And then he had been living in three countries US, Germany, and Sweden. And the triangle is where we put our trust. Mm And in the US, you put your trust in the individual and in the family. Mm -hmm. You don't have that much trust for the state. In Germany, they put their trust in the family and in the state. And in Sweden, we put the trust in the individual and in the state. Mm -hmm. And I think it really, really points out a certain kind of of truth about the Swedish mentality. Mm -hmm. That that the family in itself, we should be free from the family. We should not be dependent on the family. Uh, But the state should save us if something goes wrong. And and so it it points out something about like yeah, and th- that lonely, uh, ashamed Nordic monkey. Right, right
0: exactly. <laughs> um, how, how would 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 you describe yourself as very Swedish in those ways?
1: Mm, I was you know, I, I was with my family in Rome a couple of years ago and I, I was like we were discussing politics so loud around that table, blah 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 and fighting, you know. Mm-hmm. And then I looked around and you see these other tables with the Italian families sitting there very quiet and okay. <laughs> eating. Mm-hmm. So so I I th- I think that, that suddenly I saw something that was specific with my family. I have always seen our, ourselves as very typical uh, Swedish, and uh, but then we really, really Because one talk thing a lot I've noticed I, when
0: reading, um, reading Swedish uh, or listening to Swedes sort of talk about you mm, in your movies—not mm. interviews, but sort of talk about it—is yeah. so often they talk about your confidence. Yeah, yeah. Ah, la la he, Now he what he says he's going to win this award, and he mm, says this, and mm. he said it and. And, and Swedes are proud of it, but there's like a tiny bit of, I feel like a little bit of a mixed feeling yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> when they discuss this. Yeah. Um, do you know what I mean? And, sure. And, and what is that?
1: I mean, I think that... Um, if are we not if,
0: allowed to be confident?
1: Uh, I mean, this is also a cliche about Sweden, that uh, we have this jante law that everybody should be pushed down and we have a flat hierarchy. And in, in general, I think actually that is good. You know that that we are like come on together we, uh, we 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 should not make a hierarchy that is too too different you know if someone is on the top and other ones is on the bottom that's not good the hierarchy should be flat mm-hmm. or as flat as possible and um, but this also maybe takes a certain kind of expression sometimes. I mean, if you if you are an American director and you say, we are aiming for Cannes, mm-hmm. then everyone would just say, good luck man, mm-hmm. and they know you are aiming for Cannes. Mm-hmm. It's a goal that mm-hmm. will help you to perform better. Mm-hmm. But if you say that in Sweden, then it's more like, mm, you should watch out, maybe it won't happen. Mm-hmm. Of course I know it <laughs> may might not happen, mm-hmm. but I use that goal in order to perform better. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm, if you're smart enough to know understand the social game that is going on in festivals like Cannes or Oscars or whatever you, you realize that it, it's, it is a social game. It's about networking. It's about things like that. So this idea about quality that a lot of people have in, in the business that as if you just do a film that is fantastic, you will get into account. Mm-hmm. No, you have to also play the social game. You have to have like a French you co-producer, etc., etc. Et mm-hmm. um, and for me, it had been like, I had enjoyed provoking Uh, this uh, culture scene in Sweden that think competing is uh, bad and you should just create art from your heart and (laughs) you are an artist that is in connection with God and that's why you think these all brilliant thoughts but it's fun to provoke that, because they, they, they are so silly.
0: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> See, I think I'm getting the square now. Mm. <laughs>
1: um,
0: well, let's go back. You were talking about the man, which is also something you talk about in, in this movie in particular and other movies. Do you know the, the word curmudgeon? No. Um, like a surgubbe. Um, uh-huh. a, a lovable but mean old guy, uh-huh. which for me is so a lot in Swedish movies. And mm. it's like you have Uwe and Robert Gustafsson, and even like that, the detective, you know, the the mean well, old uh, or... drunken, de- depressed, but he's really a lovable guy. Uh, yeah. This is sort of something I've seen. There's a lot of you take the man to a completely different mm. place. Mm. Um, but first of all, I was wondering if. if you see any truth to what i'm saying this, why this character seems so i strong? have never met him i mean neither uh, so who is why is met he met so him. much in, in i don't know
1: maybe it's about like the the one that have written these books have got a quite much success you know mm-hmm. and then they don't feel uh, acknowledged and then they get, like, mean old... Oh, they the <laughs> <primusions. So, yeah. laughs> And then they write about themselves being a detective or being the neighbor of uh, yeah. an see. Iranian girl moving in the, into the neighborhood. So, yeah. okay. no, I don't know. <laughs>
0: Very interesting theory. Like, but what is the Swedish man to you, then? What have you tried to
1: do? <clears throat> I think, I mean... Like in Force Major, when you know the idea that a man should sacrifice himself um, for his family, for example, or for a country, or for a football team, you know, that's something that we have really been brought up with. That's something that we learn through the culture, you know. Uh, For example, if you look at all the amount of war movies when men become heroes and yeah, things like that. So um in Force Majeure then like this family is threatened by an avalanche and the father is running away from his family instead of saving his family so the, the survival instinct is like putting out the culture so, mm-hmm. yeah. and then there is, is no catastrophe so he has to go back to his family and yeah, live mm-hmm. up to this idea about being a man again but now something is broken of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like that expectation, I, that, that I really think is uh, universal, uh, uh, that expectation on the man. But um, as a Swedish man, I guess that you, I mean, you have to deal with uh, um, that feminism is strong here, which I think is very good. Mm-hmm. So we have to be very self-critical. We have to look at ourselves and the position that we have and um, ask ourselves if we are doing the right thing. Uh, and I mean, my movies have been very connected with like someone that is having a consciousness. Do you say like that? Yes, yes. Ah. yeah. Means, yes. And dealing with that, mm-hmm.
0: but that's been difficult for the Swedish man. You think
1: it's funny because I'm, my my girlfriend is German, mm-hmm. and she she told me like you know if you get together with someone uh, a man in Germany, then you start to spend time with his peer group. That's okay. his friend that you are mm. meeting. That's it, like, you are leaving, as a woman, you're leaving your friends behind a little bit because no, you're no, going no. into his peer group. Mm. I think it's a complete opposite in Sweden. You know, like, in a couple, then, then the man is starting to spend time with uh, the woman's uh, friends instead, mm-hmm. and that social uh, part. Uh, and I, So I think that the idea about the patriarch uh, maybe is connected to the trust that the Germans put into the family. Mm-hmm. And I mean, since we are putting the trust in the individual, I mean, it, it, it's pointing out something that, that is really, really different. Mm-hmm. And also, if she looks on, if she will get married and have a kid, I think that she will automatically think that her career would be over. And I have a hard time to relate to that. Mm-hmm. Um, no, you don't care
0: at all. No, no, exactly.
1: <laughs> and if you are like a photographer or an actress or anything like that, in France or in Germany, then your career is over if you have a kid, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, and like, so there's like a cultural difference when we are talking to each other that uh, you know you have to de- detect why does mm-hmm. she say like this or. Um, um.
0: Are you interested in love stories? Are you interested in what happens to couples after when it starts going sour, or are you interested in why people find each other and decisions that are maybe made? Not rationally or not rational in terms of something mm. you can psychologically look in a book about this is why yeah, people yeah. react like this, but but out of like just emotion I
1: think it would be super interesting to do a love story uh, and look at the mechanism of a love story uh, from a more behavioristic perspective mm-hmm. you know how how do we fall in love with each other and, and things like that and uh, but in general, I would say that the love stories that we meet in the cinemas, they are, of course, yeah made to make us feel good. And when they have found each other, then when, that's when the, the movie ends. Mm-hmm. So um, you don't have to wake up the next day and taking care of the dishes together with that person. Yeah. You, know? you like
0: the next part. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. I, um, I guess that, I guess that mm, many of my ideas... Comes in in how do you say in contradiction to what is going on on the cinema already. I want to add something new. I want to add a new scene that we haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. So so I relate a lot to to uh, the movies that are in the cinemas, but I'm trying to attack the same topics from another angle.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, I think I only have five minutes left, so I want to ask you if you can say anything about your next
1: project. Yes, sure. Yeah? Mm-hmm. It's a movie called Triangle of Sadness, mm-hmm. and the Triangle of Sadness is when you have had a lot of trouble in your life, you get two wrinkles here. Mm-hmm. I'm sure, sure I have. Ringer, yeah. shringer, I <laughs> it, it, It's funny because every time I tell that, you can tell that the person I'm saying that about, like, is, do I have one? Like, <laughs> oh, no, he <laughs> yeah. saw it. Um, and in plastic surgery, the, this term, triangle of sadness, like uh, uh, the plastic surgeons, they say, ah, I can see you have a triangle of sadness. Mm-hmm. I can fix that in 15 minutes with Botox. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and then, then the next movie that I'm, that I'm like um, trying to collect ideas to now is about the fashion industry and the beauty industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think there's something very interesting with beauty because beauty actually can... Uh, make you climb in society without economics and without education. Mm-hmm. So you actually can, it's a quite democratic thing, you know, <laughs> that you can be born beautiful uh, in many parts of the society mm-hmm. and, you can, and that value you can use and transform it into economics. Mm-hmm. And if you look at beauty in our society, it's so much economics connected to it. For example, if you see a couple when a very beautiful man mm-hmm. with an ugly woman, that almost provokes us. <laughs> What's wrong here? You know, you should. Why are you together with her? But if you see a very beautiful woman with an ugly man, then you immediately think, Ah, he has money. <laughs> uh, so, so I'm going to try to look at uh, beauty and and um, how you can transform that into an economical value and. Um, yeah.
0: But you're very interested in the last particular movies, and in, in a way, also in force measure, in sort of a higher society over middle class mm. and even rich. that you like being. It have
1: country. become like that for me. Because um, that's not the your background years. at all. Sorry, that's no. It's not your background. No, at all. but. But, 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 but
0: I, why are you interested in. in-
1: I think that. Because mm. you're
0: living this life more and more yourself.
1: Of course, I'm traveling around and going mm-hmm. to these festivals and staying in those fancy hotels. So of course, I take a lot of uh, like my own experiences and, and and transform them into the film. But I mean, there are so many clichés about the Bourgeois. Mm-hmm. I mean, like the Bourgeois should be less happy than the poor ones. Mm-hmm. You know that? No, I year? don't know this. Okay, oh. I would say that you know that always when you portray the Bourgeois. Mm-hmm. then it's a very chilly world ah, and okay. they are I not see. in connection, they are, they are yeah, not yeah. allowed to express themselves, mm-hmm. they are in, in this prison of uh, etiquette and things Upstairs like that. Upstairs
0: on the Titanic there's a no yeah, dance, there's the downstairs. dance, yeah, downstairs the true, <laughs> the genuine
1: life. Yeah. And yeah. there are many things about that that I don't agree on. I mean, poor people, uh, and power, poverty creates bad behavior. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to the bourgeois, and it's always interesting to... But that creates
0: bad behavior, too. Bourgeois, you have everything so,
1: you yeah. want. Uh, I mean, the bourgeois are very, very... how do you say They have sympathy for each other. They right. are helping each other, you know? <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: I mean, t- t- but there's, an, there's a form of bourgeois that I really like, that mm-hmm. is like you know, building society. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a responsibility uh, and things like that. And there's also an, a newer, richer version where you, where you don't feel when injustice and in uh, do you say un, inequality
0: mm-hmm.
1: is not provoking us.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I, when I when I was like um, 12 years old or something, me and my dad was uh, outside Copenhagen where it's called uh, Guldkusten, like Mm -hmm. the Golden Coast, because there are all the fancy villas are. Mm -hmm. And we we saw a very, like a car that was like, I was interested in cars. So we were we're stopping the car and walking over the street and it was like, it looked like a Rolls Royce. Mm -hmm. Uh, But um, it didn't have this figure on the front Mm -hmm. that it uh, usually had. And suddenly the driver of the car comes up to us and he says, and we are asking, isn't it a Rolls Royce? And it, it it turns out that they take away the figure from the front because otherwise people are spitting on the car. Okay. And if I look at that kind of aggression and provocation that she, uh, that richness and these attributes of wealth created back then uh, I would say that it's almost gone now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and today uh, like uh, this attribute is all something that we all strive for. Uh, and, uh, even, in I, in, even in Swedish society? Even in Swedish society I would say quite much. Mm-hmm. And I mean I, I was finding myself in a super strange situation and I just started to reflect about it later on afterwards you know i was at the bafta nomination uh that is like the british film award and then they had like a champagne waterfall you mm-hmm. know what that is yeah yeah,
0: like just yeah. flowing of champagne. and the
1: champagne brand wanted the, the the nominated directors to climb up a little ladder and fill up the top glass so it like floods over and goes down in the other glass. And they
0: could get a picture.
1: Yeah, exactly. So they could have a picture of me and put it on like social media. Mm-hmm. And I even took a picture myself and put it on my own social media. But when I look at that picture and that that kind of behavior, it I, I like I feel ashamed afterwards, you know, because it's really, really posing with wealth and these things in a way that would not be possible two, 20 years ago or something. Mm-hmm. So...
0: So, you're saying that you still feel, even though you're saying that you're interested in the bourgeois help each other more and more, you still have a little bit of shame for pouring champagne. Uh,
1: (laughs) Yeah, definitely. (laughs) I mean, I I don't. I mean, the bourgeois helping each other is, of course, keeping them in their position. Yeah. So I, it's not only uh, positive, but uh, you know, on the boat, they're, they're going to be on a boat, this movie. Okay. They're going okay. on, a, on a luxury sailing boat, mm-hmm. like a five star luxury hotel, floating luxury hotel. They will be a super sweet couple, mm-hmm. old sweet couple. Mm-hmm. And uh, like, uh, they are of course, super rich, all the people on the, on the boat. And they're like asking, what kind of business have you been involved in? Mm-hmm. Well, our products have been involved in many conflicts all over the world. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. What kind of product is that? Basically our best selling product is the hand grenade. <laughs> okay. You know, so yeah. the, the one that making money out of weapon industry are a super sweet couple. Right.
0: Right. And
1: that would be the new image, uh, for me at least. That because is. as soon as we portray them they should be like greedy and uh, mean. No, but of course they are super sweet. They have just made a lot of money selling weapons. Right. Right. And that's the way I like to twist and turn right. our right. expectations. So, are you going to win the Oscar? Uh, Yes. Yes. We'll leave it at that. Thank (laughs) you very much.
0: (laughs) Thank you very much to Ruben Östlund. The Square premieres here in Sweden on Friday, August 25th, and is opening Around the World, and may even lead him to that Oscar. And thank you so much for listening. Please visit us on popcultureconfidential.com. Um, send us your thoughts on Twitter at Podpopculture. And please rate us on iTunes or SoundCloud. That helps us out a lot. This show was edited by Tom Hansen, theme music by Karl Borg, and produced by Rene Wittestedt and myself. I'm Christina Jerling Biro. Thank you so much for listening.